Hey everybody, it's Matt Johnson. We're back here with the latest edition of the Elite Real Estate Systems Hangout. We have uh, basically our first guest interview. This is going to be a mastermind session with Joshua Smith on recruiting. We're just going to dive right in. This is going to be a really, really fantastic uh, episode. First, let me welcome in the, uh, the man, the myth, the soon-to-be legendary Jeff Cohn. Jeff, what's up today? What's up, guys? Totally pumped today. Got my herbal tea going and uh, ready to bring it to you guys today. <laughs> and Josh Smith, what's up, Josh? Yeah, doing awesome, man. It's an honor to be here. You guys excited for today? Yes, this is going to be awesome. So um, so let's start off this way, guys. Um, Jeff, why don't you catch people up for those that don't know or don't maybe have the latest figures. So if you want to go over kind of what your team did last year, how many agents that you have now, and what you started with. Awesome, yeah. So last year, um, 2015, we started the year with about 22 full-time agents. Um, I also allow my agents to have agents underneath of them. So when you take the full 22 full-time, there's probably about another eight part-time, which includes admin and then agents of our agents. So call it 30. Uh, we did 580 unit sales and 100 million in volume. It ended up averaging out to about 27 units per agent. Very cool. All right. And then Josh, same question for you. Yeah, so I've uh, been licensed out here in Arizona, going on my 11th year, so I've been since 2005. Last year, we just hit our 5,000th home sale, so did $80 million in production last year. Um, team size right now, similar to Jeff, so about 25 full-time agents, and then we have another you know, 20 that, that are part-time or transitioning out of jobs, getting full-time, So, but 25 full-time agents, three full-time support staff. Gotcha. And that's there's a couple questions that I want to save for later there in terms of how you onboard because you mentioned people are transitioning. So we'll talk about that. Let's come back to that later. Uh, and then I'll, as well as um, whether you allow, you know, kind of like Jeff does, the agents underneath your agents. I'm curious about that. But if you want to start us off just by taking, taking us back to uh, what were the beginnings and the origins of when you first started adding agents and how did you bring those on? Who were they? Were they just admin staff or were they buyer's agents? And how did that process first start of you building out your team? Yeah, so uh, you know, I think one thing that's important to note, though, before I kind of jump in and talk about agents is how to grow your team the correct way and the smart way, right? So um, we always want to go out there and make sure that our time is invested um, and utilized for our highest dollar-producing activities. So I'm sitting there thinking, okay, how do, how do agents make their money? It's, it's setting appointments. It's conducting appointments, negotiating contracts. So I did 48 deals my first year, um, and that was in 2005, so technology was vastly different than it is today, right? So it took a long, lot longer to do those transactions. So I'm working 4 a.m. to midnight, and I'm all about growth. I'm like, dude, I want to double my business next year, but I'm like, I can't even figure out how to do an extra deal. So at that point, I knew I had to hire. That's when I started my team. My first year in the business, I started my team, um, but then it was, okay, what – what can I delegate out the most? Like, where should I fire myself? What can I afford to fire myself? And, and where should I be focusing my time? So it started with an admin. So I took everything that wasn't amongst those three things, money-making activities for agents, and had her doing everything. She actually still with me today. She's my team manager today. Um, she really runs the show. I just kind of, you know, show up once in a while and make an appearance. It's really her. <laughs> doing all the other stuff. So, um, uh, so then, though, dude, so I've got her going, and I'm not a guy that kicks up my feet. Like, to me, relaxation is, is just nothing I strive for. So I have her doing eight hours of work a day, <clears throat> alleviates all that for me. So I'm kicking up my, you know, I'm, I'm kicking it up to the next level. Um, I remember it was about six weeks after I hired her, I had to hire my first buyer's agent. I remember it was like yesterday, I'm sitting, I got this call, buyer uh, wanted to go see a property. I'm, back then we had Franklin's, right? Uh, um, so I'm looking at my Franklin uh, 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 calendar or whatever, and I'm three weeks booked out. I'm showing a buyer. So I lost the buyer. I'm like, holy shit, I, I'm, I'm losing a lot of money here. I need to get some help delegating some of this stuff out. So I started hiring buyer's agents. And then at the end of my, my second year, so we were my first year growing team, we had six buyer's agents and then um, myself and then our full-time assistant. And 
just kept expanding it from there. So I don't know if I even hit your question or I don't even know if I remember your question. <laughs> well, let's flip it over to Jeff because, Jeff, that sounds really, really familiar based on your story. Yeah, you know, and it's funny, Josh and I have been masterminding a lot this year, and we found we have really similar paths. Um, Josh is doing amazing things and is a great inspiration to me, and I've learned a ton from him. But uh, we do have a very similar past, which is interesting. And, you know, I think any person in the business who's servicing clients gets to a place in their business where they ask themselves, is there a better way? Is there a different way? And it's really scary when you believe the answer to that question is yes, because then you're forced to act. And I'm worried that there's a lot of people out there that never choose to act and they find themselves in that rock star position where they're the one servicing 80 clients here working, you know, a gazillion hours and losing out on opportunities that, um, that, that were important to them in their lives. And so that moment hit me. Um, it was 2011. And the year before, I had done about 70 or 80 transactions. I was making great money, over $250,000 a year net. Um, but there was something that I was missing in my life. I didn't want to put all of my time into servicing clients. I wanted something bigger. I wanted to have the ability to step out if I wanted to. But I didn't know how to do it. And so I made a lot of mistakes earlier on. Um, I probably hired, I know I've hired to date over 50 agents. Of course, now I have about 25 to 30 on my team. So over 50% of the people I've hired and trained have ended up leaving my organization. And that was a big pain point for me. I would even say my first wave of six or seven agents from 2011, I have one person left from that first wave. Because I didn't know the first thing about leadership. I didn't know how to hold people accountable. I didn't know how to generate leads. I thought what a real estate team was, was five or six friends that get together every couple days and talk about real estate and sell houses and then everyone gets to take the credit together how great the team's doing. And that is not at all what the right type of real estate team is to create, Matt. Right. Uh, so that's, uh, well, let's talk about the, the transition. What is the, <clears throat> what do you think is the thing that holds the average rainmaker back from recruiting the right way and, and retaining the people that they bring on initially? What, is, what was your initial breakdown? Yeah, so um, it, it, it come, it's, it's no different from agents that are struggling compared to team leaders that are struggling. And the failure rate, the dropout rate for team leaders is about the exact same as agents. Not meaning they fail out of business, but they go back to being you know, a solo agent. And right. I think one of the reasons that uh, Jeff and I get along so good and mastermind so well is you know, we both made a decision at some point to become entrepreneurs. Not to be realtors, but to create a business, right? The only way you have a business is if you can step out of the day-to-day -day operations. Like I, I was just on a plane flying out, hanging out with Jeff um, a couple weeks ago, and I'm, I'm having transactions closed while I'm gone. I'm not answering phones, not answering emails. It's business as usual. So, you know, I, I think one of the biggest things that holds them back is they got to make a decision. They got to make a choice. Do you want to create a business or do you want to have a job for the rest of your life and the rest of your career? And there's nothing wrong with either way. You know, like I've got, I've got a few buddies that are you know million dollar a year producing agents that they they love nothing more than the rush of going on massive listing appointments and you know, hitting mm -hmm. four or five listing appointments a day and being in the trenches. That works for them. So, um, so so you got to make that choice. You got to make that decision. Um, then from there, it's just why do most people either fail or not go big with this? Is because they don't know the game. Like real estate agents don't know the game. They don't know the game right. that we're playing. They think we're realtors. In a, your ability to be a great realtor is irrelevant to your success. You know, right? So we got to break down and know the game. Well, as a team leader, you know, what what does our game become as a team leader? Okay, it becomes um, I've got to go out there and recruit agents, right? I got to find agents. Then I got to onboard agents, right? I got to lead them. I got to onboard them. I got to get them producing. Well, how long do I have this agent on my team on average before they bail? Because the reality is, dude, you are a stepping stone as a team leader. So you can't have resistance to it. You just got to accept it and honor that and be like, okay, my job is to create other leaders. And then when I've done my job, that means they're going off and creating their teams and 
Jeff and I both have evolved our teams, where we have teams within our teams now, um, to help solve that problem. But the reality is, dude, they're going to leave. So my job then becomes, how quickly can I hire them? How quickly can I onboard them to get them producing? How long are they with me? And then how do I, uh, when they leave, make sure that my company is not in a vulnerable state? So I know that. So like my average agent production is 1.8 transactions uh, a month. Takes me 90 days to get them producing. Um, so and then they're with me on average 24 months. So I really got like 18 months of production or 19 months of production. So it's how quickly can we get them there? How quickly can we get uh, do that? And then when they leave, how do we protect ourselves? And then what is that ratio? So now I'm hiring and we're recruiting and hiring faster than they're leaving. It's no different. Like the best recruiters were the best listing agents. You know, right? right? You, you you go out there, you recruit, you recruit, you get all these clients, and then all of a sudden you close these deals. And then you're like, oh shit, I have no more business. You can never, it's just an ongoing path, ongoing, it's no different than prospecting as a realtor, man. It just keeps going. Even brokerage owners, not just teams. I mean, a brokerage, a team is a brokerage, you know, inside a brokerage essentially. Yeah, right. That's why most brokers stay so small, dude, is they don't, I, I, hear, I hear language like, we don't actively recruit, we, we just attract our people. I'm like, that's AKA for meaning like, you're never gonna go big, dude. You know, so um, I think that those are the two biggest things, the choice and then not understanding yeah. the game. All right, so do you consider yep. your full-time job basically, I mean, outside of just managing the operations, Josh, I mean, is your full-time basically recruiting? No, so um, I'm always looking to fire myself. So I operate five total businesses today in my real estate mm -hmm. business. So last year I did 80 million in sales and I worked less than 100 hours total all year. Wow. So I worked less than an hour a week in, inside that business. Um, I just I hired a recruiter. That was my last key hire. Um, so okay. right now we're we're expanding at a rate we never have. He's bringing on three full time agents a week right now. Um, you know, so so we'll see where that goes. But again, it's always how, I'm always looking. If you're a true entrepreneur, it's always how can I fire myself? Because our ultimate job as the CEO is to make sure we know the game. Like here, here's what this is, and then how do we get? How can we afford to get the right people in the right seats? You know, right? So I'm just always looking for that talent. So now I've got somebody full-time. I've got a full-time recruiter, full-time agent trainer, keeping them accountable, training them, and then we have our, you know, all of our support staff. And so I'm really, I'm really distant with it right at this point in creating other businesses. And Jeff, you, you're in a similar position. You're, you're looking at possibly bringing on a recruiter role, but at least at this point you haven't had to. So what's been your process of attracting agents and recruiting them without you having to get super, super involved in that or hire a full-time recruiter? Sure. Um, let me jump back quick, Matt, if you don't mind. I'm going to answer somewhat of the question that you had asked um, Mr. Smith here. So w I wanted to talk about a pain point, and I feel like a lot of times I, I always enjoy telling about all the success that I'm having. It's natural for me personally. I like to go into that, but I, it's hard for me to remember. And I had a, an emotional moment when Josh was talking about this, which is just a key moment that a lot of leaders have. And I, I start thinking about, as I, as I started trying to lead other agents, all I knew at that point was how to attract sellers and how to attract buyers. And it's interesting because all my world was at that point was providing as much value as possible to the clients with whom I served. The disconnect for me my first year of trying to run a team was my focus wasn't providing value to the agents on my team. And the reason a lot of team leaders start a team and then the team fails is because their agents all leave because there's no value. Because all the agent cared about was either having a club that didn't generate more income for them or just worrying about the income but didn't have the value to match it. So the value has to be there not only for the agents with whom we serve as team leaders, but we have to also provide value to the agents to help them provide more value to the clients. So there's two businesses there. Business number one is the agent-focused business. Business number two is the client-focused business. And once I understood that, it totally changed the model. Another thing Josh Smith said, totally nailed it, is the business that we're in is cyclical. We are going to lose agents. I like to believe I have created a model. No one's ever going to leave me. Of course they're going to leave me. That's part of the business. The main three components of a successful team and individual business is leads, lead conversion, and recruiting. 
And this is not just real estate. This is 101, economics, guys. The more leads you can create, the more you can um, convert those leads, and then the more people you can plug into taking those leads, you're going to be successful. So I have, I'm very close to some brokers as well that say that they don't need to recruit. Their, their culture recruits, and that, that's hogwash. I, I honestly think they just don't have enough space possibly in the building that they were in and so they didn't recruit. I don't know what the issue was. But <laughs> I, I'm, not, an, I'm an open door man. We'll in the office. I guess not. I don't know. I don't know what the dysfunction is there. Some people are honestly scared to grow. You know, I've had a couple agents reach out. Josh has probably had this question, and they'll say, "Hey, I have two or three agents. Which one do I pick? I'm not sure how quick I need to grow. I don't want to grow too fast." Who says I don't want to grow too fast? Especially if you're hiring agents that have already sold real estate. The mm -hmm. growth is their own business. You're just giving them that vehicle and providing the value back to them. What was your question? Oh, I have no idea. Let's I, I went license. with your old question. <laughs> yeah, that's. I, I took your care. old question. I, I threw out your here, question. Here's what I want to know about from Josh. So you you have a very specific timetable where, where you know the the average amount of production, the time that you have to get somebody producing. My my question on that is. I'm curious if you have a difference in philosophy of who you're looking for versus Jeff, because Jeff is looking for, and we've talked about it a lot, Jeff, on the Hangouts, so people already know this. Yep. There are more average players, people that would be sixes or sevens and trying to get them to be eights. Josh, are you are you looking for the nines and tens? You're looking for the high Ds, the guys that would potentially be successful on their own, and then they're going off and leaving you and, and becoming even more successful? Like, is there a difference there in, in the type of person you're trying to attract? No, well, I mean, we, we have our avatar. I'm a big believer in that. So, so our avatar right now is males under the age of 30 that are freaking hungry, right? They can be fresh out of school. I don't really care. I could care less about their experience. But I want young hustlers, that 23, 24-year-old like I was 11 years ago, right? Yeah. That just wants that mentorship and, and that can do that. <laughs> um, but with that being said, I mean, we really, we really, we'll really give anybody a shot. You know, because my, my business model is slightly different than Jeff's in that I don't give them leads until they, they prove themselves. And, and maybe I, I may misspoke there. Like, I don't know for sure what Jeff does there. But, um, like, to me, I'll give anybody an opportunity. You know, I, I've had so many hires where I'm like, oh, dude, this guy's going to slay her. This, this girl's going to be amazing. And then they turn out to suck. Right. And, then I, and then I hire somebody. I'm like, oh, crap. I think I made a decision. And they become the biggest rock star. So for me, it's like somebody comes to me. And I'm, I'm like, here's what we're about. Like if you want to be a successful real estate agent, um, you got to You're gonna you're gonna have to work 18 hours a day. Here's what it's gonna take. Here you know, we're hardcore with that, and then we show how we help them, guide them through, and, and can help them accomplish that, and provide all the systems and support and whatnot, yep. um, and the roadmap for them. But if they're like, hey, I'm game to sign up, I'm like, okay, let's do this, let's play this. So if, if they choose not to do the work, that's cool. But they're not gonna get leads from me or additional support from me until they prove themselves. Okay. And a, a quick question on that, just on the support side. So what, what is the support uh, are you doing? Is there any transaction management, sign running, showing assistance? Like what's, what's the structure around them that helps them be successful? Yeah, and what I love about Teams, dude, is, is all of this stuff doesn't cost you money until you're selling. So like I don't – yeah, I mean we provide listing coordinators, transaction coordinators, all the signs, all of that. But look, dude, I'm not ordering up a sign post until they have a listing, meaning they've done the work and we're going to capitalize on that. Um, they don't bug my TC support staff until they have an escrow, right? So yeah. um, in my, my TCs, I mean, I'm a big believer and a good TC can easily handle 20 closings a month themselves. Um, so I'll hire another TC when we're busting out of the seams and, and we have that capacity to bring somebody else on. So, you know, most of the support that I have, like websites, all this stuff, it doesn't cost any more money whether I have 10 agents or I have 60. Um, and then the only things that really do cost me money is if they're producing. So if they want leads right. from me. Right, so if they want leads from me, they number one have to be full time. Um, I give them old leads at first, so they've got to prove. We make everybody, everybody has to do 200 dials a week, 
right? So that, that's the key. There's 200 aisles, we equal 40 conversations, we equal four appointments made, which is a closed deal. So they can show me, we, we have a, a, a weekly accountability plan and they have so long with these old leads that nobody's working anyway that I give them. And once they prove to me that they're a hustler and they can do this, at that point, then I start investing in leads to them. Gotcha. Okay. And so you're, awesome. it sounds to me, if I'm hearing you correctly, like your target for your average agent is to do about four deals a month. Is that right? Well, I, I would, you know, it, what, what I've That's learned, I, I used to just beat my head against this damn wall trying to get agent production up. And, and I realized right. like, I can't, I can't motivate people and they can only motivate themselves. And, and, and all companies re really kind of fall into this. Um, you have three categories. You have your 20% rock stars producers. You've got your 40% your in the middle, which is your influencers. I'm sorry, your 60% middle, which is your influencers. Those are the guys that if you, if you, you know, keep them accountable and you really pump them up, they might get an extra deal a month in escrow. Then you got right. your 20% bottom that just the losers in your organization, right? Um, so with that being said, it's like, okay, I could cut everybody but the top 20%, but if you have the right model in place, um, it doesn't matter. Like I, I have one gal on my team right now that's a stay-at-home mom, and she closed like four deals a year, but I don't give her any leads. Right, she takes up none of my time. So each of those four deals, let's say I make on average fifteen hundred bucks out of each one of those deals, um, that I made money off of that. An agent in my office the other day, he's a team leader out here in Arizona, and he's like, "Well, do I just want a small team doing a lot of deals?" I'm like, "Well, what's the goal?" And he's like, "Well, my goal is 150 transactions." I'm like, "Who cares how many people it takes? The money to you is the same in your damn bank account, you know, right?" So you know, is, my goal is I, I don't care if I have to get up to 250 agents. It is irrelevant to me. I'm just going to hit the numbers I want to hit. Josh yeah. Smith, I love your point there, man, and I will tell you guys, this was a big pain point for my ego because as I started building my team out, you know, three years ago, we had about 10 or 12 agents, and people all the time would say, well, of course, they're the number one team in the office or the number one team in the city or whatever. They have this huge team, and I'm like, isn't that the point? And I'd bring up franchises. McDonald's doesn't apologize for having more hamburger joints than anybody else. No one says, oh, McDonald's generated billions of dollars of income, and the CEO is like, yeah, it's sheepishly it's because we have so many restaurants that's the whole point look at what brokers are doing the reason that a lot of people aren't wanting to build teams I believe is because the brokerage model is broken when it comes to team structure brokers make less when they have a team because the team is fighting for the hundred percent split so right. I think that a lot of people out there are probably de-incentivized by their coaches by the broker owner they say it's a huge hassle um, I had an agent at a mastermind a couple weeks ago say to me I don't know how you manage those 30 agents and I laughed and I said I don't just like Josh said, I hire a success coach. I have no interaction with the agents. They're actually not allowed to interact with me. That's not my role on the team. I hired someone to do it. So when you start thinking like a business owner or like a CEO, you actually can choose to do nothing if you want, and everything keeps on ticking. Um, Josh also wanted a second. There's nothing that feels better, guys, than traveling and getting text messages from your success manager, letting you know how many sales your team had that day without having to serve as the client. I remember five, six years ago when I would sell a house, I'd go home, my wife and I would celebrate, we'd finally get to splurge and go to Red Lobster. Anymore, you get multiple texts a day of sales that are taking place because of all the work you put in up front. So people don't think I'm a lazy bum, I put my work in early and now I have a residual income that I've created. That's right, and now you can come to San Diego and get some uh, some good seafood. <laughs> That's right. That's absolutely right. <laughs> okay, so let me ask you this, Jeff. Uh, both of you guys are kind of at the same level with about the same number of agents. Jeff, do you think that is a uh, is it just a coincidence in terms of how long you guys have been building your team, or is it possible that there is a natural plateau in terms of how many people can behave cohesively as a team? Are you having trouble breaking through that twenty-five to thirty barrier? 
That's really interesting. So I got I probably was stuck at about 10 to 12 uh, for about 24 months because of limiting beliefs. I didn't think that the team could function bigger than 10 to 12. I thought we'd lose a lot of culture. Once I got past that, we got to about 22, 24. Now we've been stuck at 22, 24 for a little bit of time. And one of our biggest challenges was the traditional real estate office provides offices to their agents. So the agents on my team had the dysfunction of thinking they each needed their own little formal office. Um, about a month ago, we moved into a new space that would allow me to have literally 100 plus agents because no one has a formal office. We have a touch and go. We have a big open space. All the agents can come in anytime, kind of like the coffee shop in and out model. And so I, I think it's probably a dysfunction of mine from a leadership perspective to say I didn't want to build because I didn't have the space to put the agents because we had boxes and there weren't mm -hmm. enough boxes available. But that would be my answer. And I say the sky's the limit. I don't see why there'd be any reason you'd quit building out. Josh? Yeah, what do you think, Josh? Yeah, so um, I, I'm, I made the move from Remax to a, a local brokerage because that model is a great model when we were small, but like Jeff said, most brokerages aren't structured for a large team. So that's the point where you're, you're paying 300 grand a year for a balloon. It's like this isn't making sense, right? So um, I left. Um, I lost half my team. Um, at that time, I was like 25 agents left. With, so a year ago, I had 12 agents. Um, if you could see this, I don't know. It's kind of hard to see. Um, you probably can't see it, but right now, I'm at 61 total agents on my team, um, and then I've, I couldn't count this up, but about 30 of those are full-time. So my recruiter's hiring so fast I can't even keep up with this. Yeah, shit. yeah. So a year ago, I was at 12 agents. Yeah, wow. right? Now we're at, we're at 61. Now, again, they're not all full-time, but we will get them full-time. Wow. Or if they're not full-time, like, like, dude, I'm looking at this. Like, I, 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 never, I never have resistance to what exists. I deal in realities. Your average agent out there closes four to six transactions a year. How can I profit off of that? You know, right within my environment, within my business, you know. So uh, um, that's what we're always looking at. So no, I mean, it, why do most agents not expand bigger? Um, you know, like Jeff and I are like freaks. Like I, don't, I, I think Jeff and I will probably be the first teams to ever get to 100 agents. As like right, it's different. <laughs> you know, right? I, mean, I agree with you, Josh. Within, within a year or two, you know, less than a year. Um, so, but you look at what Jeff did. He went from 80 deals to 580, dude, in a matter of three years. So. Right. I, I think it was just that mindset shift again that, you know, the, I don't know if you've ever seen the, the Leonardo Capital picture where he played the Wolf of Wall Street. He's like, you know, the, the only thing between you and your dreams is that bullshit story you keep telling yourself. And, and, oh, and like right. Jeff was like, oh, dude, I thought the culture would be hindered. Or, it's so much easier to operate a team of 40 than it is a team of four. And people don't get that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it's all these limiting beliefs, dude. So. Dude, the bigger the bigger we got, Josh, you and I, the bigger we got, the less we did. Because the bigger you get, the more you make per transaction, and the more money you have to spend on admin support. So honestly, the bigger you get, the less you have to work. The bigger you get, the more valuable your company is. It's a no-brainer, but people, I think, have the fear of growth. People are, are fearful to be successful. People are fearful to fail and to be successful, which is kind of an oxymoron. Yeah, so there was that, let, me just, let me just jump in there real quick, too, because I got one other thing. Up. When I left Remax and I lost half my team, and these were, you know, some of these, a lot of these guys were ready to go off on their own anyway, and then you know, I kind of half wanted to go off on their own, do their own thing. The other half wanted to stay with Remax. I recruited them maybe from Remax or whatever. So they, they believed in the name and they were scared to leave the name to a no name shop. So I'm calling my, my mentor, my coach, um, who's the number one recruiting coach on the planet. Um, John Sheplak, and I call him up. I'm like, dude, this just happened. Like, my production just cut, cut overnight. He's like, dude, he goes, if you had 60 agents right now, you wouldn't really give a shit, right? It's, 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 like, it's like the agent that bitches that two deals just fell out of escrow. Well, if they had 10 in escrow, not saying it's not easy, 
but they wouldn't they wouldn't be devastated by it. Um, you know, so he who with, he with the biggest army wins, right? So it's a big wake up call for me to take it to the next level. And we've obviously now in 12 months went from you know as 12 agents that we have to 61 now. You know, with that. So and then and then you know I was just at Jeff's office, and and Jeff and I are both big systems guy, and you know I'm in his office, I'm checking out the back end systems. When when you have the right systems in place, you don't have to manage people. Right, we then manage the systems that manage and empower the people. So if you have the right systems in place, dude, it's so easy to manage however many agents that you have. Um, if you if you're having a tough time managing your people, it's because you have shitty systems, not because you have bad people. I like, I like that a lot. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, it's right. funny. A lot of times, agents want to blame um, success and failure on the agents that are on their team. And one comment I'd like to make from a leadership standpoint: everything within your organization that you build is your fault. And everything is your fault. So the successes you have are because of you. The failures you have are because of you. I had three calls last night with an agent in front of one of my listings. I didn't even know the listing existed. I don't even know how they got my phone number. But they knew it was my team and they had my cell phone from when I used to be in production. And she said there was no lockbox on the house. And I said, give me three minutes. I'll get to the bottom of it. I called three different people with my organization. Nobody answered their phone. Called the lady back. Fell on the sword. Told her I wanted to offer a gift card for the hassle that she had to go through. Told her it was my fault that I was a bad leader. Had done a poor job making sure there was a lockbox on the door. She, her mind was blown because of the way I, I acted as a leader. Most agents in the industry are going to show ego. They're going to tell you know they're going to act like it was the agent's fault. Then they're, they're going to make excuses. I, I, it's my fault. A hundred percent, it's my fault. That lockbox wasn't on the house, and that's a silly little example, but it's not right. It all the, it's by small and simple things that great things are accomplished in this business. Another great point as far as parallels with Josh's team that I'd like to make sure the audience is recognized is we're not looking for gamers. Josh is looking for young 23 to 25. I say I'm looking for millennials. So anybody 25 to 35, that's kind of my niche. I don't want people to leave. I'm trying to provide so much value that people don't want to leave the organization. The natural, you know, the cyclical portion of our business, some are going to go out the door. But I'm trying to give as much value so that they stick around. But you can be very, very profitable off a 20 to 30 unit agent per year. I'd be curious, Josh, if you're willing to share it, um, what you think you're netting per agent. Well, um, again, it's difficult because averages really mean, I mean, averages are tough. Because I got the agent that does four deals a year and I got the agent that's doing eight a month. You know, so... Right. Um, so right now we're we're at sixteen eighty eight per transaction is what we average, um, and with our transaction account, I mean right now we're at a fifty seven percent profit margin. So I don't I don't track okay, really I guess per se of, of what is the cost of business per transaction um, with that. I mean we'll know right. for leads and stuff, but when I break it down to office space and we, we don't run our numbers that way. Right. So after and I can share with the audience. After I break everything down, my average is about twelve hundred and fifty dollars per unit sale, and that's net back to my company after expenses. So think about that. Every time one of these thirty people sells a property, I get twelve hundred bucks. Well, twelve hundred bucks doesn't even cover my mortgage payment, but two or three of those do. And you think about you add another agent that does twenty units, that's about twenty-five thousand dollars a year. And so this is very similar to how a franchise looks at franchisees across the country. They know each restaurant on average will do $300,000 net or $150,000 net. And so you have to change your mindset. Of course it's people. Of course we want to have help them. We want to help them to become more successful. But from a business standpoint, know your numbers. Josh and I both are freaks uh, with our numbers, our analytics. We know we're tracking everything. But have a better understanding of what your business has done the year previous so you can make better projections for the next year. And the more you know, the less fear you're going to have. 
Yeah. yeah and so some agents that are listening that are like, well, dude, man, I'm making twenty thousand dollars average of commission, and Jeff's only doing twelve. So it's it's they have these small things. Well, he did five hundred and eighty of those mofos last year. You know, like I guarantee you <laughs> those fifteen more than you put in your bank. Yeah, right. And that's that's why you well, focus Josh, on total you profit, not percentage. Exactly. And you know, Josh said he's one hour. I'm probably working four hours. So that's the other difference too. There's rainmakers out there and Josh and I are close to a lot of these guys that literally net millions of dollars a year. They've been to my office for my team building workshop and they're awesome guys. And if that's what you want to do, then great, go do it. But I serviced a lot of clients, over a thousand clients personally. There is nothing fun in my opinion about servicing someone that's buying or selling real estate. There's nothing fun about it. The deal's fun to put together, but servicing it's not fun. So create a system that can service it for you and you can truly build such a system that you can remove yourself and continue making money. And I can't think of a better goal for anyone listening in this hangout today. If I could inspire even one person in this audience to make this life-changing decision, I promise you, you will you will fail a lot. But the more you fail and you pick yourself back up, I see that Michael Jordan in the path in the background, Josh. The more you fail, pick yourself back up. The closer you're going to be to reaching your full potential and um, living a life that nobody else is going to be able to live. Yeah, yep. very cool. Take a few uh, game-winning shots. All right, so let's yeah, uh, let's go exactly. to nuts and bolts for a little bit. Uh, so, Josh, take me take me to the very not the beginning, but let's let's go to the beginning of the recruiting process. And I want each of you to share kind of where your recruiting leads come from, and uh, and how you're how you're filling the top of your funnel essentially with potential agents for your team. Cool, man. So um, I treat it just like I would buyer leads or seller leads. We have a, a separate CRM called the Real Recruiter. Um, best I found out there, it's it's a CRM specifically just for recruiting. Right, so you, you upload all, we have 40,000 agents here in, in Maricopa County in my area. So we upload that database, we're pushing out business plans, we're following up calls. So just like we track our agent's dials, I have a, a tracker like that for my, my recruiter. So he's, he's mandated to do 600 dials a week you know, from, from those systems. And it's cool because we, we're able to lead from a place of contribution. So we have, through that software, they push out a 20-page customized business plan. So these agents are blown away. They're like, I've been over this brokerage. They don't tell me shit. Well, we break down a customized 20-page business plan for them. So our follow-up call is, hey, we want to make sure you got that business plan and, and see if you wanted to talk about it for a minute and see how we can help give you your business. Because I'm a big believer with, with all of this. Too. Like, you've got to give before you can receive, right? Like, I need to have a positive impact. Once I have a positive impact on their lives, um, then they see the value in me. Um, so, so we're constant at our best so – so we're going after that would be, I guess, going after new business like calling expires, canceled, circle prospect, whatever you want to call it. What's working really well right now, <coughs> um, visiting open houses. So my recruiter, 48% of our business comes from open houses. So we goes visits all these open houses, same kind of thing, develops a relationship with them, um, then starts giving them some pointers. Well, hey, man, you know, we started doing this, and we got 80% of our people to sign in without ever even having to ask. Um, you know, just giving them pointers and they see that value on it and we bring them uh, in, into the meetings and then with the, once they come to a team meeting, they're closed because our team meetings are, are pretty epic. Um, so those, those are our biggest two right now, just every day going after, grinding, grinding, grinding. I do a lot of speaking events. Um, like next week, I'm speaking to 2,500 agents um, at, here in Phoenix, Celebrity Theater with Josh Altman from Bravo uh, a million dollar listing and you know a few uh, Craig Proctor is going to be there so mm -hmm. I go out and I speak constantly for free to all my competition because I'm like dude like they, they may be cool where they're at but when they when they everybody will eventually leave the company that they're with right I'm cool with being number two so they're like okay I'm, I'm I want to leave where should I go who's had the most impact on me um, and then they think of us so I mean half of our hires really are just because of the podcast because of speaking gigs the other half are because of uh, Jeff just attacking them 
And just a quick quick question on that on the follow-up. Uh, speaking events, so are these uh, are these outside? Are they non-branded? Are some of them branded, brokered-sponsored events? Like, what are most of these uh, local um, events? All of them local are, are, are nothing that I put on, right? Okay. So there'll be title company or brokerage. This one out here is 1M events, you know. Um, so, yeah, the, the local gigs that I do are just ones. Like, last night I was on a panel with uh, a couple hundred agents. Um, or a couple hundred agents in the audience. There's three of us on the panel about technology. You know, how does an agent say combat technology and, and the fear of the agent being replaced, right? So mm -hmm. yeah, I spend a lot of my time, um, and, and I just love doing that stuff, dude. So I don't really yeah. feel like it's work. You know, but the cool thing is there, it's like, okay, could join my real estate team. Most people don't want to join a real estate team. Okay, then this is my podcast and come by coaching. You know, like yeah. whatever it is, you know, <laughs> like, it goes full circle. Like, don't worry, I have five different funnels for you. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. get you with one of them. Right, exactly. <laughs> All right, Jeff, how about you? What's, uh, what's your best source of recruiting leads? Yeah, you know, I think creating the buzz of being number one has certainly helped. I'm number one, number one in Nebraska, but you don't have to be number one to build a team. I was an individual agent, probably number 30 in my market, top 10 at my brokerage when I hired my first six or seven. The biggest value proposition was leads, and that's what I announced it from the mountaintops, right? So I put it on social media. Hey, join my team. You'll get 30 leads a month. You'll get training. You'll get accountability. And there were a lot of agents that wanted that. And so right the first two months, I had six or seven agents sign up. Um, I realized right away that I wasn't hiring the right people, and so I put the brakes on it and started reanalyzing my business and needing more top agents from across the country to learn how to do it better. Today, I think the best way that we recruit is just simply letting people know that we're looking for opportunities, partner with people that want to live a better life, lead a better life, um, work harder. We, we're actually kind of scaring people away, and that sounds weird, uh, but my goal is to only hire one out of every 10 applicants. I'm being really selective because I, I am looking for a long-term play and a, a recruit. I don't want them to leave in 19 months. Uh, that probably is my average, though, uh, similar to Josh's that he mentioned, this if I were really take true a true look at it. I would say the average is, I mean, we've had 50 people and 25 are gone, so, and yeah, we've been a team for about four before. years. A lot of the people that you, you have not lost anyone that you didn't want to lose, that you weren't okay with them walking away. Let's put it that way. Yeah, so, I mean, if you go Keller Williams, and we're not with Keller Williams, but I really like to have this thing they call the greeny ready brownies, and you essentially, the agents will score themselves, and then the accountability coach scores them. And yeah. you want your agent to get to a seven. And your organization essentially defines what a seven means. So it could be units, it could be attitude, whatever you want that to be. We've never had a seven or above quit. And so for us to be a seven, you have to sell 20 houses a year and be actively involved and have a good attitude, et cetera, et cetera. We've never had a seven leave. And so we've created this culture where literally birds of a feather want to continue to flock together. And if you're not one of those birds, you don't want to be there. And so um, Josh made mention earlier, and I agree with him, one of the things we do is we invite them into a team meeting. If they don't like the energy that's in that team meeting, I don't know that I bring it the way Josh Smith brings it, but I bring <laughs> some wood to these team meetings. And, That's tough to replicate. Uh, He's a high-energy guy. It really is. I'm going to try it. I need to meet up with his health coach. So one of the things is you bring them into the Monday meeting. Do they like it? You invite them to the Wednesday meeting. Do they show? Do they like it? You, meet, you invite them to the Friday meeting. Do they show? Do they like it? I then ask for six references. I then ask them to read a book. I ask them to read The One Thing by Gary Keller. I call all the references. They've read the book. Once they've done all of that, I then say, hey, come back over to the office. Let's talk about the book. Anyone willing to go through that threshold, and that's a licensed real estate agent, 
is a good fit for me because they've now proven that every little challenge I gave to them, they are willing to overcome that obstacle. They are willing to do the work. They're willing to put in that effort without knowing what the result was. But what do you think the expectation is when they work with a real estate agent? All those same things. You're going to have obstacles. You have to overcome them. You don't know what the result's going to be. You have to put in the time and the effort. And so if someone's willing to get through that threshold, they're a great fit for our organization. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So we've talked about the top of the funnel. So let's go into the onboarding process a little bit. Josh, you mentioned that you've got you know maybe 60 total, 30 full time, and then some of those that are part time are in the process of transitioning to full time. So what's the difference that you feel like, and then what's your process for bringing someone from uh, from someone that just signs up through part time to full time? So <clears throat> I got sick of training my agents all the time, dude. It was it was. You know, like like you, you go. I, I got to a point where all my recruiting was group. It was like, hey, you get yeah. you get the opportunity to come in here and see the back end systems of the 30th top agent in America, right? So, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about our company, but if it's not for you, nothing else did you get to see all these systems. So I'd fill every Friday a, a room with 20 recruit agents, and then we'd it was pretty powerful, right? But then we'd get them in there and get them going, and then I'd spend the next 30 days onboarding each of those, right? <clears throat> And I'm like, dude, this just sucks, man. This is killing me. Um, plus, then what happened is you train them. So I'm like, okay, Matt, here's how you do a buyer consultation. Let's do this. Let's role play. Then all of a sudden, a, a month later, they land a, a big buyer appointment. Hey, I got this $500,000 cash buyer. I have a buyer consultation tomorrow. Hey, man, do you got a minute just to rewrap on this stuff? I want to make sure I don't screw it up. I'm like, right. well, no, I don't have a minute, dude. I'm sorry, but you know, I don't. But I, I was pulling my hair out, man, and, and I went to a good friend of mine, Corbett Miller, who wrote a book called Demythify. Uh, De so it's, it's, it's just he's a, a systems coach. He's actually one of the number one jiu-jitsu uh, uh, business owners in the nation, um, but then he became a system coach. So he goes to me. He goes, dude, you don't have uh, shitty people. You just have shitty systems, period, dude, you know, right? So I'm like, okay, well, I mean, what will we do here? It's like anything done more than once needs to be recorded. So then we brought in videographers to the live training that we were doing. Everything was recorded. Um, so, okay, we get a brand new agent that comes on right now. Um, instantaneously, as soon as they sign up through Infusionsoft, we have a, a backend called Customer Hub. They get a username and password. Um, they have a 14-day onboarding process. So it's like a welcome video, their 14-day checklist. Um, <clears throat> cool part about there, too, is it teaches them then to be resourceful, right? And they can do it from their own home. And, uh, you know, Phoenix is so spread out, dude. So it's hard to get an agent to drive 50 minutes to my office for me to train them. Yeah. Um, so everything's on there. So we walk them through the process. Like you can't go to step two until you've completed step one. So everything from the basics to <coughs> buyer presentations, listing presentations, they download all the presentations on the iPad from there um, to lead generation, lead follow-up. I mean, it's all there, right? All of, all of our scripts, everything's on there. So they have to go through that. Then when they're done with that, they meet with uh, my head of agent development, and they have to do – they do live listing Role play, live buyer consultation, role play, live open house setup, role play, um, and then we do a dummy lead. Okay, you got this new lead. What do you do? Because we can we can smoke them out really quick if they're full of shit or if they actually did the train right there. <clears throat> and now some people just like do that. It, 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 it's about 60 hours of content within two weeks. So some people are like, look, I just couldn't do it. Okay, cool. Let's go back to the drawing board. Um, then once they've completed that. Then we, we have our own media company, our own media guy that goes in. We create all the green screen videos for them. We set up their YouTube channel, set up their Facebook, set everything up for them there, um, get those recorded, get their media package going. Um, but I'm not going to invest in cards and a name badge and give them open house signs and all of this until they've completed all that. So each step is kind of to the next. Um, and then, like I said, if they're full-time um, and they're willing to do the work and we're very upfront with what, what this means and what the what the result is going to be if they don't? Um, then we'll give them because I have like twenty thousand just old leads sitting in my database. 
yeah. and we just keep recycling, right? So then we'll give them a chunk of those. Um, if they show up to our call sessions uh, from that, and then once they prove themselves there after 30 days, then we'll put them on leads. Uh, but that's that's essentially the onboarding process. Okay, Jeff, how about you? A oh, great process, Josh. That's awesome, man. Um, you know, I heard Ben Kenny speak a couple years ago at one of the Boomtown conferences, and he mentioned anytime, and it's the same as the book. Um, anytime you teach anything, record it, and you'll never have to teach it again. And I think it's awesome when people come up and ask us, now, "How do you do ABC?" We literally will just say, "Oh, that's that video," or "Oh, hey, that's that video," and we host all of our stuffs in Google Drive. All of our calendars is we we run with Google, which just makes it really simple to keep everybody in the same space. Uh, we created twelve different training videos. And it's the same training content that we take all of our team through every quarter. But we don't believe that you can just teach how to do an open house once. We think it can keep, continue to expand and become bigger and better. And then when an agent becomes a subject matter expert at any one thing, we then allow them to actually teach the team trainings as well for free. They just do it as part of our team culture. Uh, we have an onboard checklist, so I have my operations manager that uh, walks through the onboarding checklist with every new hire. So if you're a new organization or you're thinking about joining, uh, creating an organization, the first time you take somebody through and you start realizing all the pain points, start putting those into an Excel spreadsheet so you know exactly the next time you bring someone in, all the different challenges or all the different things that you're going to need to take care of when you onboard a new agent. Um, I do, I, I don't do it. So it's funny is I don't do any of the social media. I do not set up a YouTube channel or a Facebook page or any of that. Um, I have that for our team and I market to all of our agents leads as the team. So we'll say, hey, Oma's lead, Oma's lead, Oma's lead. If they want to build their own social media, then we invite them to do that. But we do buy business cards, traditional business cards. It's usually like 100 bucks for 1,000 cards. Uh, we do not buy signs for agents because all of our signs are self-branded. They're team-branded. We are a team, so there's no individuality. And we've lost agents over this. People say, oh, I want to build my own image and build my own name. I'm like, especially in your market, Josh, where you've got 40,000 agents, no offense, guys, you're not going to build a name, okay? That's not how you win in this in this game. You're too small. I did 580 deals last year. I haven't built a name, and nor has that ever been my goal. My yeah. goal is to generate leads. We pay. We do a lot of pay-per-click and outbound prospecting. We nurture our sphere of influence. You're not going to win by, like, everybody sees your McDonald's brand sign up in the air. So I, I laugh when agents are like, oh, yeah, I want my name on my sign. That's silliness. Um, and then I, it's just taking them through all the videos so they can go into Google Drive and have access to all the 12 videos. And then we're continually training every Friday. We never have stopped. Every Friday for an hour and a half, our team gets together for team training on different topics. And if you're a new agent, you have to go through all those once. And then every Wednesday, we do dialogue training as a team, and we do a team call blitz every Wednesday as well. Yeah, very cool. All right, so Jeff, uh, there was one thing I think that you've mentioned before in past Hangouts, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys have a specific, maybe not a not a system for doing it, but it's definitely something that you do by intention, which is going after the agents on the other side of the transaction. Am I rem remembering yeah. that correctly? Yeah, that is true, true. Yeah, we have four different places where we go. So the number one place I feel like to recruit an agent is somebody on the other side of the transaction. That conversation is happening from our success manager. So we're reaching out to the agents with whom we're doing business with and thanking them for engaging with our real estate agent in the transaction. Obviously, it wasn't their decision, but we just say, hey, I heard you're doing a deal with Josh Smith. wanted to thank you. Josh has mentioned you're a professional, and I love hearing that there's agents like you in the industry. We're going to say something, try to be truthful. It's going to be something like that. <laughs> then after the transaction's over, two, you know, 45 days later, that same success coach is going to call that same agent and say, hey, heard the deal close. Congratulations. Thanks again. Hey, I'd love to take you to lunch talk to you a little bit more about Josh Smith and why Josh has had so much success on our team over the last 12 months. Did you know the average agent that joins our team increases in sales by over 127% in their first 12 months? 
Oh, no, I didn't know that. Do you know on our team, and we'll say a couple more value, I'd say, but you know what, I don't want to cover all this over the phone. Let's get together. So I think that's the number one place to reach out to people other than if you're speaking and being on panels, which I've generated a lot of business that way as well as far as agents wanting to join the team. But the people with whom your agents are doing business with are going to be the very best people to interact with because they've already engaged your team. They know who you are, and hopefully you've left a good impression on them. Gotcha. Yeah, Matt, can I, can I just yeah. hit on that as well? So, and, and, and I mean, it, we, that's the importance of getting everybody in the team on the same page. So, like, my recruiting coach, um, he coaches, and we, we, we do a group coaching session <clears throat> every other week with him, with my team manager that oversees all of my support staff, um, with my agent trainer, with my recruiter, and with myself to make sure everybody is congruent. So, same thing with our TCs. All our follow-up emails, I mean, we're just killing with kindness. We want to make sure, not just to our clients that it's the most brilliant experience, but yeah. to the other cross-sell agent as well, right? Because it all comes together. So if they deliver that brilliant experience, then when my recruiter calls, you know, it's it's powerful. So that's it's the key, even with your agents. Like, you have to get everybody on the same page and get everybody with that pro-growth mindset and, and, and how that benefits the whole entire team because it all comes together, man. Very cool. Dude, when I had when I team Josh, and I, I wonder if you're similar, my team had 10 agents. And I went to recruit my 11th agent, and one of the agents on my team flipped crap. They're, she's freaking out, like, it's going to ruin our culture. We're getting too big. We're expanding too fast. And so I sat everybody down, and we had a kumbaya of how does it hurt us if we're bigger, and how does it help us if we're bigger. And we did a pros and cons list. And the only reasons it hurt us is with the argument was culture. We didn't see any other negative to have our team get bigger, that we were going to have more, more people were going to see us, more people were going to know us. It was going to generate more income so we could hire more admin staff to provide better services. We were able to buy a moving truck. I mean, the list goes on and on for positives. And so it's totally a limiting belief and a scarcity mindset to not believe that you should grow. I think the growth is key. Another thing, Matt, just to make mention of it, um, getting involved, and I, I, Josh, I wanted to ask you if you do any of this. Um, I've started going to, yeah, I, I hate socializing outside of my team. I put all my time into the people here because I'm not putting enough time in here. And so to go to like an event, I, I would rather jab knives into my eyeballs. So I started six months ago, and I would go to a YPN event or a board event once a month. So whatever real tour event was going on, not necessarily speaking, I just went as one of the guys and I'd ask people about their business, which is really hard for me because I want to talk about my business. And I'd go around and just talk about Josh Smith's business or whoever else was there, and inevitably, people would approach me and ask me if we're hiring. And so that has been a new thing. I was like, it like woke me up. I'm like, oh my gosh, I either need to have my recruiter doing that or I need to personally continue doing it. And it's been going really well. So Josh, do you, are you going to anything like that? Yeah, well, I mean, it's to the point now... I don't attend because I, I speak so much. You know, I mean, I'm doing you know right. two or three or four speaking gigs a week. You know, kind of all over the right. place. So, um, but yeah, I used to. I mean, at the end of the day, whether it's recruiting, whether it's selling real estate with our, our traditional clients, it's a human connection, human relationship business. Period. That's it, dude. So, so they're gonna go with an agent's gonna go with the, the person they connect with the best. As human beings, we do business with people for three reasons, three reasons only, right? One, because they like us, two, because they trust us, number three, because we do a good job. So they'll be like, oh, Jeff's gonna give me leads, Jeff's systems are cool, but the first thing that they're gonna go with Jeff is, hey man, this, this guy's cool, man, I really like him, right? They, they have that emotional connection, um, and so it doesn't matter whether it's a buyer, sellers, or real estate agents, human behavior is human behavior. Um, so absolutely, yeah. dude. Uh, yeah, and then going back to getting the team buying, you know, one thing that we did um, about a year ago, which is working really, really well, because I'm seeing Keller Williams always profit share models, but like my, right. I, I'm, I'm pretty slow, so I'm like, none of that shit makes sense to me. It's too complicated. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna give my agents a hundred bucks per deal out of anybody that they recruit. Um, 
out of every deal that they close as long as they stay with the team and as long as that agency is with the team, right? So now I have a lot of retention. Wow. I have agents right now that are banking twelve, thirteen hundred dollars a month um, out each of those hundred dollar deals. That's awesome. If they leave my team, they lose out on that. You know, right? But then it gets yeah. them excited. They're always out there recruiting I and trying it. to pull that. Because we teach them, hey, take this passive income, start investing into real estate, start investing into a mutual fund, or invest in additional leads for yourself. Because anything that they procure on their own is at a much higher split. I give them 70% on anything they procure. If I procure, it's 50-50. So then I'm like, hey, dude, you can take this money over here. I'll teach you exactly step by step. I mean, I can generate badass, high-quality leads for three bucks. So I'm like, you know, we could take this and then grow this and evolve that with, with different things and just keeping cool. that buy-in going. Yeah, Jeff, that's the same thing you do. So you've actually got an agent on your team that has his own MSA and is generating his own leads, right? Yep, so I, here's another thing. From a leadership standpoint, and Josh, is, I, I, from what I'm hearing, is totally on board with the same philosophy. Your agents are going to come through and they're going to want to become you, right? Who wouldn't want to be Josh Smith with this huge successful business and you know he's able to live this life that no, not very many other people are going to be able to live. That, that's what Josh is doing. That's what he's selling. That's what I'm selling. I'm not telling people you're going to come in and you're going to be a showing assistant for 12 months. And if you do a really good job as a showing assistant, you're going to graduate to be a buyer's agent. And then after another seven years of your life as a buyer's agent working for me as a slave, then I'm going to let you list houses because you have to be really smart to be able to list houses. I mean, this is what teams are doing. This was this is in millionaire real estate agent. I totally disagree with it. It's not that hard to service our clients as buyers agents and listing agents. And so what I tell my agents when I recruit and what I, what I communicate to them today is that I want them to be exactly like me. I want them to set up a team, and I'm going to show them everything that they have to do to be successful with building a team: marketing, service agreements, you know, commission splits, lead generation, prospecting, accountability meetings, all of it. And so we're essentially allowing them now to build teams within our team. Some will build teams outside of our team, and that's totally fine. That's just part of progression. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, we do the same thing, Jeff. I mean, so like I've got a team right now, for example, called Team Abundance. So, um, and they have four people on that team. Nobody knows I exist. They've got all their own branding. I'm just like the dude behind the curtain. They're you know building up right. their own database. And then what I do too is after that, after two years, they everybody has to sign a two-year contract. So it's 70/30 on everything that they procure for two years. Anything I give them is 50/50. After two years, it's 70/30, but they never pay me more than $1,500 on any transaction. So like if they're selling a $300,000 house, oh, that's cool. Typically, it'd be six grand and three grand. Now after they're here two right. years, they're a seasoned agent. At that point, they're starting their own team. Like I, I want to create something that I can do because of volume, but they could never duplicate that profit margin on their own. Like they're they're dude, like they are literally a freaking dumbass if they leave because they can't hire their own assistants, can't get their own office space, can't do all this stuff. You know, dude. I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll still they'll think that they can, and then they'll just go fail and just. I've never had anybody leave my team that has done better on their own after they've left, right? So, um, I have so, not either. Yep. So it's just okay. Here's the problems. Here's what exists. Let me just go out there and continue to create win-win situations um, and keep solving problems. Like I removed my name from the company like three years ago. It was always Joshua Smith Real Estate Group, but when people were leaving and I was interviewing them because is is. Much as I want to take them out in the parking lot and you know knock their teeth down their throat when they're leaving, I always hug it out. I'm, I'm like, you don't burn bridges, you hug it out, and I would ask for honest feedback. The number one reason, dude, was identity over commissions and anything else. They're like, I, I was tired of giving my identity. I was tired of going to a listing that I got and seeing your sign and your face and you're getting all the awards. So yeah. um, luckily, I, I had already stroked my ego at that point, and and and, and I was at you know. I think we all want identity for a while, but then after a while, you're like, okay, what do I really care about? Well, it's my banking account. It's great opportunities for my family. So I remove my name from it, remove my name from everything. All the deals go in my agent's names, 
Like if you pull up my MLS, I have zero listings. I've had zero sales in three years, so I don't get shit for local awards, right? Um, which is cool because <laughs> I, I don't even get recruited anymore. Everybody thinks I'm gone, probably. <laughs> um, you know, but I'm I'm giving those agents what they want, right? So I mean, for me, it's just yep. what was my big help? What are these opportunities? And, and we're out there giving them what they want with that. So. It's interesting. Uh, Jeff, I you totally agree with that. We we removed yeah four years ago we removed our name as well. It was the Cone Team because everyone was the the last name team of whatever it is. And I thought, how can I ask other people to give their life, their time, their sweat, their heart and soul to the Cone Team? I want it to be our team, and it's not our team unless you're married to me. If your last name is not Cone, it's not your team. So I did Omaha's Elite Real Estate Group. Um, I, I think it's fine if you want to let everyone have their own name. People think that they need to have their own name. But I would say if you're a team leader right now and you're thinking about naming your team, I wouldn't go with your last name. Yeah. Well, and then you got to look at a couple things, right? Sellability, um, agent buy-in. I mean, no, nobody wants to come by the Josh Smith team. But with Revisto Real Estate Group, and I have a system in place that doesn't, doesn't take my involvement, and we're bringing in $90,000 a month of, of, of revenue, now it's a sellable right. business. You know, right? That's going to attract right. people with that. So, um, fuck, I f forgot. what I was going to say something else, but I totally forgot. So. <laughs> no, you're good. Well, let's, let's button Great it up. Great job, guys. This. Um, yeah. So, guys, quick pieces of advice just from each of you for, for rainmakers that are now where you guys were four, five, ten years ago, where, where you are the rainmaker. You may have an assistant or a small team around you, but you haven't really ramped up your recruiting. What's, what are some of the hurdles? What are some of the, uh, the obstacles? And then what's the, uh, what's the process of breaking out of those limiting beliefs? You want to go first, I'll Jeff? take it first, Josh, and then I'll pass it over to you. All right, so <laughs> I wanted more out of my life. I wanted more. I wanted to achieve at a level that I had never dreamed of when I was younger. And I had I had experienced what it was like to earn 100000 a year, which used to be like the number when I graduated high school in 2000. And everyone talked about 100 k income. Like that was a big deal. I'm in the Midwest, so sorry to those on the coast that I guess maybe your number was a million a year. Um, but I needed 100 k income. Well, I did that my first year. I was 23. And I realized like that wasn't even enough to barely buy our starter house. Like it wasn't a lot of money. I wanted more for my family. I wanted opportunities. And so I thought it had to be me. I didn't know I could have other people help me get there. And when I when that light bulb went on, I thought, man, I want to go meet guys like Josh Smith. And, and I can list a whole name of people. You all know the top agents in your market. So I just thought, man, what would happen if I called Josh Smith and asked him if I could come visit him for a day? And I started doing that. And every single agent I reached out to said yes. And I went and visited 30 or 40 of the nation's top agents. So if you've already, if you've read a lot of books and you've listened to a lot of podcasts, your next step is to find a person you want to be like and go visit them. And because of this, and through all of this learning that I was able to gain, I came back to Omaha and started applying the things that mattered most and get rid of the get rid of get rid of the things that weren't helping me to grow um, from a, as a leader, um, as a team leader, um, overall from a commission standpoint, accountability, whatever that piece of the business was where I was seeing failure or the, again the pain point, I would go and find someone else that did it better, and I would emulate what they were doing and apply it to my business. So honestly. A lot of the things we have have come from other people that allowed me to visit their team. And because this did, went so well for me personally, I don't know that anything's ever grown 80 to 580 in four years. If, someone, if anyone else knows anyone, let me know. I've said it a couple times in podcasts. No one's challenged it. I think I've grown a team faster than anyone in the history of the, the United States of America. 
So if there is anyone that grew faster, let me know. But uh, one of the things I've chosen to do now, similar to what Josh is doing, is I, I'm allowing people to come to a team building workshop physically in Omaha. Um, so every other Monday, I offer a workshop at three thousand uh, dollars. But with that, you get all of our intellectual property, access to our Google Drive for life. You get a private Facebook group, and then you also get twelve hours with me. And Josh, I actually wanted to ask you, and this wasn't the point of the hangout, obviously, but I wanted to ask you your opinion of it. Josh actually just got back. That's when we met up. I invited him to come check out our workshop because I know he's doing a lot of cool things with his webinars. So feel free to talk about webinars as well as the, what you thought of that team building workshop. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's it's like, okay, you, you get an opportunity to go spend a whole entire day with one of the top guys on the planet, access into what's costed him millions and millions of dollars to build. That's what people don't get. I mean, I don't know what your expenses have been over the last 11 years, but I know mine have been $5.8 million to build what I do. So when people, you know, yeah. bitch about paying me $1,500 for an hour of my time, I'm like, sorry, I mean, look what I had to pay to do this, you know, right? So you get all that access. Um, I mean, it's it, live team meetings. I mean, to me, it was it was brilliant. It was amazing. And, and I look at this, most agents will be like, well, shit, that's three grand. But then they'll go stroke $500 a month on Zillow and piss away six grand. Crazy. When, when you have the that's opportunity crazy. to get back in, of, of somebody that spent millions that's doing it at a high level. So, and I, I couldn't agree with you more dude, with that. I, you know, I think you and I just have so many similarities, dude. Um, I started doing the same thing, man, jumping on airplanes and going out there and seeing people at that next level. And uh, it, it was just yep. mind blowing. And, and a lot of the stuff, dude, I was scared to do. I didn't quite understand. But I'm like, well, if they're doing it, success didn't happen by accident. I was just smart enough to take the advice I was given, even if I disagreed with it or I didn't understand it. I just did it and took action and it exploded every aspect of, of my business, my life. What's crazy is Josh and I are making over a million dollars net a year, guys. We're both very young. Uh, I, and I'll speak for myself and not belittle you, Josh, but I am just an average dude from Omaha, Nebraska, just an average guy having extraordinary results because I was willing to learn and grow myself and take risks. And I know, Josh, you have the same story. Hey, Josh, tell us, if someone doesn't want to spend the three grand and physically come to Omaha, Nebraska to take advantage of this team building workshop, tell us a little bit about your workshop. Yeah, so I started, uh, it's, it's not an in-person workshop. I started what's called a 90-day mastery boot camp. Um, you know, I probably spent $300,000 on coaches, consultants, trainers, and, and pretty much to always be disappointed. And that's the scary thing about not just this industry and all businesses, right? You have these gurus that have never done it. You know, like Jeff's saying, like, go find the person that you want to emulate. Don't, don't go listen to everybody. Go find the dude you want to become and immerse yourself with them. You know, like I'm not out there reading book after book after book. I'm going to find like the five guys that, that inspire me the most, and I'm going to read every one of the books that they've ever written, every article they've ever written 30 freaking times, you know, right? So, so just immerse right, yourself right. in that. So in one day, instead of just bitching about it, because I'm like, dude, these top coaches, they understand that your average agent is, is probably out of the business in six months. So like they, they get these people in contracts. Get, you know, I, I truly believe they put more agents out of business than they help. Well, um, after years and years of bitching about it, and it got to a point, too, where – 2011, um, I had won the 30 under 30 and was voted 30 top realtor in America by the Wall Street Journal. And so it, mm -hmm. at that point, I started getting asked to be on a lot of speaking gigs and a lot of radio shows. Well, I'm also getting 15, 20 emails a day. Do you offer coaching? I love your style. I love that you're authentic. Love what you're doing. You know, and then I'm also doing it at a high level, not just a decade ago or 20 years ago, but also today. Um, so one day, I was just like, okay, let's just move forward with this. Let's do the demands there. Um, and I was just bitching about what was already broken. So I'm like, let me come up with a solution. So I think with coaching, most coaches go through this natural evolution of one-on-one -on -one to products to – so we created a – I wanted to create the most effective but affordable platform that existed. So we do it all webinar-based. Um, we walk you through every aspect of the business from your, the correct mindset to your schedules to being proactive to, 
to, to your database, to all of your systems, um, to buyer presentations, listing presentations, to offline lead generation, online lead generation, converting leads, then eventually we get into evolving your team over time. Um, so every single week for 12 weeks straight, it's three hours of live hardcore training, plus you have daily access to me through it, and it's only $997. Say the price again. $997. So if you go awesome. to uh, www.90daymastery.com, um, if you're going to do that, though, we, it, it goes for $14.97, but we have a promo code, which is Live Mastery, L-I-V-E-M-A-S-T-E-R-Y, all caps, all one word. It'll get, to, get it to you for 997 And we'll include some information below with the links and all the information about his workshop. Um, I have heard from probably 10 different coaching clients of mine that they had gone through Josh's class and that it is phenomenal. And it's really funny because every time people come to the workshop, they say, wow, Josh talked about a lot of this stuff on the webinar. And I'm sure Josh is having people from my workshop saying the same thing. So um, it's a really good fit, Josh. And I think it's awesome you're doing that. Um, I think it's a great opportunity for anyone. Josh has a ton of experience, so check that out, guys, if you haven't done that. Or if you're already wasting money on a coach that's never done anything big in his life, which no offense, um, a lot of coaches have never built a team with 60 agents. I, I would probably guess that no coach in the country right now has, over, has ever had over 60 agents. Put your money where it matters with somebody that's actually getting results. <laughs> so what, what the question, Matt, was what? That's harsh but true. <laughs> the, the question was what? Last piece of advice while you're growing your team? Yeah, especially for people yeah. that are in the rainmaker position right now. Yeah, okay. So so number one, you guys, and this is with every aspect of your life, like you gotta get clarity on what you want. This life is brief. We only have one shot at it. As far as my life experiences, it, it, from what I've seen, reincarnation doesn't exist. Yeah, right. So we have one shot at this. Like you gotta get clarity on what is like what must happen between now and the day that I expire and leave this planet for me to be able to die a fully fulfilled human being. So we gotta get hardcore on that. Like I know, and it's kind of twisted, but I, every month I calculate how many months I have left on the planet, which is 596 right now, right? So I'm always paying attention. It's like what must happen in every aspect of my life, my businesses, relationship with my wife, my kids, my health. Like what must happen? I get clarity on it. Um, pay attention to it every single day. Jim Rohn said success is just small, tiny decisions made over and over and over, compound over time that creates success. Failure is just the opposite small little errors in judgment. Well, how do we know if we're making the right decision or the wrong decision until we have clarity of what we want? Um, this, isn't a, 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 this isn't a sprint. Everybody today, I think one of the reasons always, so many entrepreneurs are struggling today and failing is everybody wants it now. We're in that instant gratification you know, world, man. It's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Get prepped for this, dude. Like You're, you're gonna have to put in the years. I mean, you see what Jeff and I are doing now, but you didn't see all the pain and the crap that we went through for 11 years to build this kind of stuff. So be prepped for the marathon, get clarity on what you want, fully commit, um, and then listen to the right people. You know, you, you gotta make sure that you're listening to the right doers, paying attention to the right people. Like, like if somebody's already created what I wanna create, why would I try to reinvent that wheel? Yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, speaking of uh, not reinventing the wheel, so not only do you have, Jeff, the 12-hour uh, the workshop, but if anyone's interested in, uh, in partnering directly with Jeff to grow your team together, uh, you can also reach out and uh, you can go to the website, EliteRealEstateSystems.com, check out the expansion page and learn more about just partnering directly with Elite Real Estate Systems to actually build a dominant team in your market. Uh, so there's that option as well. So I wanted to make sure that we mentioned that. So with that, gentlemen, this has been uh, this has been awesome. This is exactly what I had in mind. I'm glad you guys could both make it. Uh, and this was a uh, definitely a very high-level mastermind. So thank you so much, guys. Yeah, absolute honor, man. Josh, thank thank yeah. you, Josh. I really appreciate it, man. Let me know if there's anything I can ever do for you. 
And then any time I get some time to chill with you, brother, whether it's on an online webinar, <laughs> man, I, I jump at the opportunity. So appreciate <laughs> you, guys. We'll see you on nice the uh, next edition next month. Thank you so much, guys.